0: We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with the series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex. And my friend, it's certainly a joy to have you with us today and and uh, uh, join us as we turn to the Word of God to allow the Spirit of God to teach us through the, the Scripture. We're turning again to the book of Galatians, where we're studying Galatians uh, chapter number 4, in fact. And we're looking at, at Paul's uh, visit to Galatia. In fact, we're in some verses that talk about uh, the time when Paul visited with the saints there in Galatia. And, you know, what a wonderful, what a wonderful thing it would have been to have had an apostle in your midst uh Paul had had uh, in Barnabas had had left uh, uh, Antioch and they they'd gone across sailed across the Mediterranean to to uh to Cyprus ministered there and then they'd left Cyprus and 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 gone uh to what, what we call modern day Turkey Asia Asia in the Bible is Asia Minor Turkey and landed there and in, in, in uh, Perga and and gone and ministered in Antioch and and you read about it in Acts 13 and Acts 14 where they'd gone through uh, Iconium and Lystra and Derby and the cities there in Antioch in in Galatia, and and how they had come and, and preached God's word, and how wonderful it was to to have had um, an apostle himself right there in your midst. You know, you think about uh, th- this was an exciting time in Paul's ministry. His Gentile apostleship was just getting underway. Uh, he, the Holy Spirit had told the church at Antioch, separate me, Saul and, and Barnabas, for the ministry that I've prepared for them. And and they go out and they begin their apostolic ministry. And uh, th- this is the first foray uh, by the apostle into purely Gentile territory. Uh, he had been around the the cities uh, of his upbringing and 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 so forth but now he's off on his first apostolic journey and the joy of seeing seeing uh the these heathen gentiles un, un, unaware of the god of Abraham Isaac and Jacob even uh coming to to trust the lord Jesus Christ and being formed together in the church the body of Christ and and you know there, there there's not a Uh, It's hardly a comparable situation in our world today to this because they didn't have an apostate Christendom about us to, uh, to confuse them and to fool them into what they ought to be doing. Uh they would not have mistaken the church for uh buildings and, 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 and programs. You know, we have, we 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 have a, a mistake in our day where the church is identified as a building and building the church is it has to do with running programs in a building and, and you get the idea that well if you go to the church building you went to church and and, and all these, these things that are, are really uh pagan in origin. Uh the religious system of the world does that. Uh, But what God's forming today is the church, the body of Christ. It's a spiritual body of believers, a spiritual unit of believers in which, which Jew and Gentile, bond and free, male and female, every person, no matter who they are, no matter what their background, who will trust exclusively in the Lord Jesus Christ, God then takes them and baptizes them into one body, places them by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, places us into a living oneness with the Lord Jesus Christ and with one another we're reconciled to god in one body not just reconciled to god but we're made one with one another and uh in the spiritual body of christ and and that's what the real church is and if you want to go to if you want to do church today then you get together with the saints around the word of god uh it doesn't re- a building isn't the issue uh your surroundings aren't the issue uh, a program that you like or you don't like isn't the issue. It's the work of the ministry of taking God's Word and studying and proclaiming and preaching and living the Word of God. Uh, we have a bad mistake today. All this stuff that's gone on in the last 20 years about church growth and and so forth, and, and, and never has there been the proliferation of uh, of new churches as there is uh, today, never in the history of our of our nation, anyway, as there is today, and 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 much of what goes on, you know, you, your heart's thrilled to see new believers, people getting saved, and, and coming into the fellowship of the body of Christ, but but much of what goes on today uh, is, is is doctrinally deficient. Uh, it's truth deficient. It's destitute of the truth. You have people today, you have actually, you look in in Christian magazines today, and and you see in the classified section employment opportunities, and they have what they call worship leaders. What used to be called the song leader, the music director, and the song service is now erroneously identified as praise and worship leaders. Now think about words mean things. Think about how how deficient it is to think that 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes of a service, of a time together, where you're singing, that that's worship. And you actually have, I've seen bulletins and, and programs and from churches where they uh, they they call them uh, they don't call them bulletins anymore you know it's worship leaflets and all that kind of stuff You got all kind of new names for everything uh, but they're just talking about the program and what's going to be going on so people know you know aren't confused about what's happening and they'll call it praise and worship and then praise and worship is over now we're going to study the Bible or praise and worship is over we're going to take up a collection or praise and worship is over we're going to, well what is this other stuff you see to 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 segregate one part of your life and say, that's praise and worship. When God says 24 hours a day, seven days a week, your life is to be dedicated completely and totally to me. And you're to worship me 24 seven, not just 40 minutes on Sunday morning. It is a doctrinal, spiritually deficient view of what worship, real worship, what the Christian life is all about, for you to have in your vocabulary, for you to have in your gathering with the saints, a worship time, a worship service, a praise and worship, that is something that is so totally uh, devoid of real worship that you plagiarize words and you debase them to the point where they have no meaning. Now, I know that's kind of straight, but I'm trying to be straight with you. You know, I'm just trying to talk plain. Years ago, they would call the morning preaching service, the worship service. I objected to that 20 years ago, 25 years ago when people were doing that. You worship God all the time. You gather together with the saints, but you're not gathering together with the saints to worship. Israel did that. I understand. I don't know what people are doing. They're going back to Israel's program. They go back and get Israel's program, and they go get Israel's uh, procedures, and, and they try to follow what Israel did, but that isn't who you are. You don't have to go to a building to find God like Israel did. They had a temple and a tabernacle, and that's where God dwelt in their midst. That isn't true with you and me today. Christ in you. Jesus Christ lives in you if you're a saint today, and that is your hope of glory. That's the riches of the glory of this mystery. The the wealth that God gives you as a member of the church, the body of Christ, different and separate and distinct from God's program with Israel, That's why rightly dividing the Word is so important. That's why understanding the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery is so important. That's why understanding the distinctiveness of the ministry and message committed to you through the Apostle Paul is so important. You would never make these kind of boneheaded, wrongheaded, fuzzy-headed thinking mistakes if you followed God's purpose and program for the body of Christ set forth in Paul's epistles. It's going back over and getting into 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 Israel's program and trying to imitate and mimic Israel and use Israel as a pattern when you get into these kind of program uh mistakes in 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 your your Christian life and walk and service. Well, that's not Galatians, but that's still true anyway. In Galatians they had the apostle in their midst. And uh, they were beginning to form uh, local assemblies. And it would have been wonderful and exciting to have been there and done that and seen that. And we, we uh we don't face exactly that situation today because now when we in our ministry we're interested in starting local churches. We Grace School of the Bible, our our training program, we we've graduated men now for almost twenty years and we've sent literally uh men all around the world starting seeing people get saved, gathering them together in the local churches because God's will God our Savior will have all men to be saved. So we believe people ought to get saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth, we believe believers ought to not just be saved, but they need to be stabilized and established. Now to him there's a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. So we... So we we focus on getting people saved, that's evangelism, and we focus on people getting them uh, established in the faith, and and, and according to the proper godly edification, that's the edification process, and that process produces the work of the ministry. It's perfected saints that do the work of the ministry, and that's where our focus is. So we're, we're interested in all of that, and those two issues, getting people saved, getting them in the book and learning who God's made them in Christ, and then as 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 people who use their lives as, as uh, living sacrifices, as their reasonable service. You see, you don't have to have a worship service in a building somewhere. Your reasonable service is 24 hours a day, seven days a week to be totally and completely dedicated to God and to Jesus Christ, to be a living sacrifice, completely given to him. Now, when you do that, it's your responsibility to have the word of God dwelling in you so that God's word dwelling in you can uh teach you and demonstrate to you uh, and commend itself to you as to where you ought to serve. I my job isn't to tell you what to do and how to do it. My job is to get you uh is to give you the gospel so you can get saved and then give you the word of God so you can be grown up and then as a mature saint you can make some choices about how you're going to serve and minister and work in and, and 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 as a member of the body of Christ, we gather together and do that work of ministry in local assemblies of believers, organized groups of believers who've organized themselves together to do the work of the ministry and that's what Paul was doing in Galatia. It ought to have been exciting, but there's a there's a problem with it in Galatians chapter four verse thirteen. Paul said, You know how that through infirmity of the flesh I preach the gospel unto you at the first. What What do you do when you've got an apostle in your midst but he's sick? Uh, it was Paul's illness that had detained him with the Galatians for as long as it did. Paul probably wouldn't have stayed as long as he had had it not been that he was sick. Well, as wonderful as it would be to have an apostle in your midst, what do you do when he's sick? Now, this is a very trying time for the apostle Paul. Um, Paul had gone across uh, from, from Cyprus over to, to, to Turkey to Asia and gone up through those Asian cities and obviously uh, had been had been smitten with some kind of infirmity of the flesh. He says in verse 15 of Galatians 4, I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes. And given them to me, evidently he had some kind of infirmity that that affected even his eyesight. Now we don't know what it was, but we do know that it was that he was sick, and that Paul spent some very trying days in Galatia, with a tremendous uh, infirmity of the flesh. In fact, if you go to Second Corinthians chapter twelve, you'll see that he says, um, in verse thir- uh, well verse seven lest I should be exalted above measure, in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, through the abundant uh, of the revelations that were given unto me, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. But he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, therefore, most gladly will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, when he says that I may glory, that I I, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities, that word infirmities is the same word back there in Matthew chapter 8, and uh, verse number seventeen, Matthew chapter eight, verse seventeen. This translated, uh, it says, "He, he uh, Christ goes out and heals all manner of sickness." Let uh, me read Matthew eight verse sixteen and seventeen. When the even was come, they brought unto Christ many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the sick, the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, the infirmities in Second Corinthians 12, that's the same word as Matthew 8, verse 17, where he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And Paul was experiencing in his life as he ministered the Word of God in his first apostolic journey in Ephesus, he was experiencing in his life the sickness and the infirmity that Christ in Matthew 8 had delivered these folks that came to Peter's mother's house, Peter's wife's mother, his mother-in-law's house, from. And that brings up a very interesting question. What do you do with an apostle that can't heal himself? What do you do with an apostle when he's in your midst and he's sick and he can't get well? The Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 16, uh, Matthew chapter 8, was very clear that he healed all that were sick. In fact, he does that repeatedly. Matthew 9, verse 35. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, Christ healing campaigns weren't weren't like what you see on TV or you go down to some arena or tent for in our day. He healed every sickness and every disease, and he didn't make them do this, superstitious thing about, well it's there but you just don't see it yet. Claim your healing and it'll be there, but you just don't see it yet, you know, but it's coming. It's not that kind of stuff. I was on an airplane one time with a fellow with an abscessed tooth. It was looked like a big softball stuck out the side of his face and I suggested to him that instead of getting on the airplane while we were in the airport that he maybe we should get him to the dentist and he said, No, I've claimed my healing. And I'm looking at him. I said, well, it's not there. He said, no, but it, it, I've, I've claimed it. It's there. Well, when we hit about 37,000 feet, he passed out in the airplane, had to have medical attention administered to him because he wasn't healed. But he, he had this superstitious idea that if he doubted what was real, that then it would never appear, if possibly maybe it was going to be given to him. And, you know, you, you say, well, what is that? That's just superstitious nonsense. That's what that is, and I don't care what preacher tells you that. It's just superstitious nonsense. When, when the healing program was in vogue, he healed every sickness and every disease right there, visibly, physically, accomplished in their midst. Now, Christ does that in Matthew 9. In Matthew 10, he commissions the 12 apostles. And he sent them out, and verse 80 he says, Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you've received, freely give. Well, if Jesus Christ, the apostle of the nation Israel, and the 12 apostles whom he trained were all able to heal sick people, what have you got when you got the apostle Paul sick? <laughs> Everybody else's apostles get well. Heal people. Raise the dead. Peter does his shadow. Accomplishes miracles. Well, what do you do with a sick apostle? And by the way, in the midst of all this, in Acts 14, when he's at Lystra, he heals a lame man. In Acts 19, it's Paul that handkerchiefs were taken from his body and taken off to sick people, and they got healed by the touch of a handkerchief. Um, In Acts 20, a fellow falls out of a third-floor loft and is killed, and Paul raises him from the dead. In Acts 28, Paul handles a snake, and it bites him and doesn't hurt him. Paul had the signs of an apostle. But in his personal life and in the life of his friends, he says in 2 Timothy 4, Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. He tells Timothy, Take a little wine. Use a little wine for thy oft infirmities what's going on here. And here Paul is at Galatia, sick, and the Galatians were so concerned about him that they were willing to, you know, have had an eye transplant, if it had been possible, to have helped him. You see, was Paul out of the will of God because he was sick? You know the verse you hear it all the time back there in Exodus, chapter 15, where God tells the nation Israel about being Jehovah Refekei, God tells Israel, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the, Moses says to them, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will keep give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I'm Jehovah Raphael. If you will keep my law, then I'll bless you. Now, why in the world? I mean, was Paul out of the will of God because he was sick? Well, no, he wasn't out of the will of God because he was sick. God had changed the program. We're not under that, if you will do my law, then I'll bless your program today. You know what you learn? What do you do, what do, you do with a sick apostle? Well, the first thing you do is you recognize that God's changed the program. That's what you do. We're not under Israel's law law program. We're not under Israel's healing program. First, Second Corinthians chapter one, What you want to do with the sick apostle is learn from him. Second Corinthians chapter one verse six uh, verse five. Paul says, "For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is the effectual and the enduring of the same sufferings which you also suffer. Whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation. You see, the apostle Paul recognized that he, as our apostle, had been made an example of what God now wants us to understand about suffering and about sickness. And so what does he say? He says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16, though the outward man perish, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. The real issue is who God has made you in Christ, not your physical circumstances. That's why God says to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. We need to learn with Paul to say, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses. I'm not all bugged out by them, buggered out by infirmities, by reproaches, by necessities, by persecutions, by distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak then am I strong you see when it's not I then it has to be Christ. that's what you need to learn that's what you need to learn is that the issue isn't you and your performance and you can't live the Christian life anyway and if you could it wouldn't be any good but that it's Christ in you the hope of glory and that no matter that God's love for you is not tied to your circumstances to your health to your financial situation, to your romantic life. God's love for you is tied to one thing, and that's the cross work of Christ. And God, is, when he puts you in Christ, he makes you there a new creature, a saint of the Most High God, and your identity is who God has made you in Christ, not in what you see about you. Focus on who God has made you in Christ and let that be what's real in your life. And when you do that, my friend, you'll you'll know what Paul knew. And you'll be able to say, with Paul, "My great God's grace is sufficient; God's strength is made perfect in my weakness, most gladly, therefore, will I glory i i'll be I'll rejoice that it's not I, and I'll take heart that it's Christ that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Let me give you a Bible study tape. Does God want me well? Now I know that many of the people, folks listening—that's a real question in your mind today. What would you? What? What do you do with a sick apostle? You need to learn from him, and you need to learn how he asked the answered the question. Does God want me well? Let me give you this free Bible study tape that will help clarify from the Scripture what God is doing today, deliver you from religious superstition, and put you on the solid ground of an intelligent understanding of God's Word to you today. Does God want me well? To receive your free copy of this Bible study, simply call us here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. Request your copy of of the Bible study, Does God Want Me Well? We'll be glad to see that you get a free copy. If you'd rather write me, you can write me here at The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's P.O. Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. You can also find us on the Internet if you surf the World Wide Web, uh, you can locate us at graceimpact.org. That's one word, graceimpact.org. The easiest way to get in touch with us, though, and get the material is simply to call us at our toll free number, 888 535 2300. You know, my friend, I, I say to you uh, week after week that my purpose here is to help you to understand and enjoy the Bible so the Word of God can go to work in your life because you understand it and therefore you can believe it. I, I don't have anything for you to join, I don't have an organization for you to to um, become a part of a philosophy or denomination to you for you to embrace we just want you to understand god's word and let god's word go to work into your life and if you've struggled with the issue of illness and the infirmities of the flesh and why why people even the death rate is still one apiece uh, all of the claims of, of the healers and the faith and, and all to the contrary you need to learn to look beyond uh the sight level to what it, what is lasting, what, what what the reality in Christ Jesus is. And you do that by faith. You can only do it by your faith resting in an intelligent understanding of God's word to you. And uh that, that's what uh you need to have your faith resting in. And uh that that, that allows the uh the, the word of God to work effectually in you because you believe it. Uh, that's what our ministries is designed. We, we just want to put the information in your hands. I, don't, I can't make you believe something. Wouldn't want to if I could. Can I tell you also that right here in this neighborhood where you live, uh, the folks that put this radio program on the air week after week, there are people that bring this program to you in your area. Uh, I'd like to put you in touch with them. You know there are saints in your area meeting this week that understand how God's Word rightly divided, rejoice in the message of grace, and the grace life is a reality for them, and it can be for you. Uh, If you've been listening for some time, you've been studying, you need to meet the saints in your area. You call me and I'll put you in touch with them. That number again is 888-535-2300. You call, let me put you in touch with the saints in your area. They'll do you good. You need to know about it. You need to know about them. You need to have the opportunity to fellowship with them. And this, let me say to you, this is listener supported radio. If we've helped you, why don't you help us reach others also? Well, we'll be with you again next week, the same time. we we'll look forward to seeing you then. Until that time, as I say to you week after week, Maranatha.